Hello, hello and welcome. It's Mark. This is Trucking Answers, the podcast. I'm your podcast host with my co-host, Gracie, who doesn't do a lot of talking. And uh, today we're going to do some trucking news, a couple car sales stories that I have, and a reason we're not on Mars. I want to welcome the Philippines. (laughs) It's the country of the week. Look, I get this analytics from the podcast, and uh, 14 people in the Philippines have downloaded this podcast as of right now. Why? Because it's the greatest trucking podcast that there ever was on wheels, right? All right, well, that might or might not be true, but since I said it, it's got to be true. You're not allowed to post things that are not true on the internet. I read that on the internet, so that absolutely has to be true. Welcome, everybody. If you haven't been here, be sure to uh, subscribe to this in your podcast thing so that it'll be downloaded. I try to do these every Tuesday and Friday. So far, I'm having luck with that. Uh, For people that don't know me, I have a YouTube channel, Trucking Answers. Wow, very clever. And a Facebook page goes with this. There's even a Twitter that I'm on sometimes, but not much. So don't write to me on there and go, wow, Mark never writes back. I'm not on there much, okay? So give me a break over there. I also work. I'm a local driver. I work about seven and a half hours per day. Do a single drop and hook. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet deal. I've been driving a little over 33 years. And uh, 19 of those years have been at one place. So I always recommend people find a place that they like and stay there. You know, when that suits their needs and stay there, you'll have, I think, a better time of it. And as you get there long, stay there longer, uh, your benefits improve. And, you know, just the whole job gets a little bit easier. So anyways, enough about me. Uh, I will start out with a minute, or at least I have lately, about something I want to talk about. And this time I want to talk about uh, freedom versus safety versus, uh, you know, security. So some states, uh, like you all in New York, which I don't understand, are not allowing you to go to a restaurant or go to a venue like a concert unless you can prove you got a vaccine. Now... I'm not one of these anti-vaxxers or I'm not one of these go-get-your-vax. All the information is out there. Go talk to your doctor. Go talk to Dr. Phil. Go talk to whatever doctor you want. Look up the information and make a decision for yourself. And uh, my question always is to people, um, if if the vaccine works, then it shouldn't matter if other people get it if, as long as you get it. And if it doesn't work, why should anybody get it? So if you get it and you're still afraid, why? Uh, what's the point of that? Anyways, in a free society, uh, we don't show our papers to get in a venue or to travel or to move around or any place else. You know, that's what this has become. And it shouldn't be a political thing. Everybody, everybody that loves freedom, that loves the country, that loves the United States should be worried about that. When they say, oh, you'll have to prove this before you go to a restaurant because the government doesn't allow it. What? Why doesn't that bother anybody? What should happen is no one in New York should get reelected. Uh, really, probably almost no politician should get reelected anyway. But uh, no one there should be reelected in the next election. This shouldn't be allowed by us. The only reason it's happening is because of us. In free societies, I'm going to tell people something they may not like. Um, there is a bit of insecurity. People get shot. They get run over. Things happen to people because we're free. And so in a free society, you take, you're taking a chance, taking a chance. 
I always talk about animal prisons, and uh, people give me grief about that. That's what some people call a zoo, and uh, I don't care. I'll tolerate the grief because it's an animal prison. But uh, here, this relates back here. What if I told you, uh, you people that want these kind of passports, hey, hey, uh, if I took you and locked you in a cell, okay, I'll feed you the correct food, the best food. I'll give you all the medical care, no charge. As soon as you need it, there'll be doctors on standby. You'll live 50% longer than you would have lived. Would you do it? Would you do it? Would anybody take anyone up on that? Probably everyone's saying, well, no, because you're in a cell. You aren't free. Out here where you're free, as I sweep my hand across my sprawling estate, uh, <laughs> uh, you can do whatever you want, but you take your chances. And sometimes the, it comes out bad. Uh, innocent people die. That is true. For freedom, for all the freedom, a lot of people, and sometimes people have to volunteer to die to keep the freedom for everybody else. But is that is that better than a cell? Is that better than hold handing over your papers? Here's Where's your proof? Where's your papers? Hold, see, let me see your papers. Is that what we've come to here? Because what's the point? What is the point of freedom if you're not actually going to be free? Freedom involves risk. And if I hear another person say, well, if it saves one child, if it saves one person, it's worth it. Really? Why do we allow smoking? How many innocent people die from secondhand smoke? Many. Many. There's no dispute about that. Plus, how many thousands of people, hundreds of thousands, die from smoking itself? Yet there is no one banning smoking, saying you cannot buy a cigarette. Cigarettes are banned. No one bans alcohol. Why, do we, why don't we ban cars? Well, Mark, that's ridiculous. You know what's ridiculous? Asking someone for their papers before they go get a hamburger. That's what's ridiculous. So I want to get to uh, some trucking news today before people all uh, tune me out. But uh, that's what I—that's my thought on it. You know, watch out of Kentucky. There's going to be a lot more patrols, they said, because there's been a bunch of people crashing in the construction zones. Here we go again with a bunch of deaths. So the construction zone backs up and some gooberhead not paying attention. Got to change the song or whatever. Kablammo right into the traffic kills everybody. We had a bunch of those, so they're going to have a bunch of cops out. You know what? I go through a construction zone, a long one, on I-74 every day in Indiana, and uh, I agree. I would love to see people who tailgate get ticketed. I never see that. And you know who's usually doing it? A semi of me. Uh, that's correct. So, uh, you know, I would love to see tickets for that. Why do we have to run 10 feet behind? There's one lane. Where's somebody going to go? And if there's a bunch of traffic in front of you, where's anybody going to go? Come on, people. Let's be safe out there and professional. That kind of stuff is very, very frustrating. There's a truck school. Get this. In North Carolina. Okay. So they talked to the owner of the school uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, he wants a bunch of... He said, I want a diverse uh, workforce here at the truck school. Okay, look. You know, I don't go out looking for people of a certain race or uh, you know, ethnicity, as he called it, or sex, whatever. I just want people, okay? I think that's that. I think the country would be better off if we were all just people instead of being I'm a certain kind of person. Okay, you just be a person. 
But what this owner said, there's a shortage. Get this. There's 60,000 drivers they need just in North Carolina. They need 60,000 more truck drivers in just in North Carolina. Do you know how many that would be across the country? A lot. There's like 34 or more states. Public schools, sorry. 60,000. I love it. And he also said, okay, that's absolutely not true. I can't even believe that's true. What he also said is he's got a... He's going to have a backing area just for women. He goes, I'm going to use this whole, I couldn't believe this. I'm going to use this whole area. I'm going to grate this lot. And this is going to be only where women back up here. Okay. Is that how life works? So when a woman driver goes somewhere, do they say, well, you get to go on the other side of the building and back in by yourself. Look, why do women need their own backing area? This is not a job that's like a men versus women. Women can do this job just like anybody else. Okay. It isn't a feet of strength like lifting uh, atlas stones or something this is a job that anybody can do but then everybody should be trained the same way you don't separate people based on their sex and then say you want a diverse workforce duh that's not a diverse workforce that's a completely separated workforce if somebody comes to deliver somewhere they get doc 12 they don't well i'm a woman oh uh all right well we have a separate area for you come on okay train people the same treat people the same Treat people like they're people, not like they're an ethnicity, a sex, or anything else. All right? People are people. They're Soylent Green also. They're not even close to getting I-70 open in Colorado. Oh, my gosh. As of today, 8-10-21, they are not even close. They're still feet and feet of mud and miles and miles of uh, dirt and stuff, and they have to rebuild roads. Oh, my gosh. Be sure to get paid for this. I cannot stress this enough. If you have to go around, no matter how far it is, get paid for it. Get paid. If that's your route and you got to go around, if you want to, if you got to take 80, that's actually the recommended detour, I-80. Get paid. Any company not paying you, psh, I don't think so. Okay. You need to be paid because you can't take that route. It isn't open. So uh, don't allow some company to say, oh, well, there's no way to do that. There's a way to do everything. They can just pay you. AB5 in California is going to go to the Supreme Court because all these groups are fighting it saying, look, federal law, at least for truck drivers, uh, we don't have to follow this. AB5 is the law that will make many lease operators, especially into company drivers because you do not own the truck. When you lease a truck, I don't know if people know this, it's like leasing a car. You're not even on the title. Okay, at least if you buy a truck from a dealer or wherever else you're in the title and there's a lien holder but when you lease a truck you are not on the title at all the leasing company owns the truck you are renting it from them you do not own the truck and uh, the way some of these companies treat lease operators because many times it's the company that owns the leasing company that leases you the truck the same company it's just a different it's just a guy in the next cubicle, to be honest with you, in a little cubicle farm with pictures of his kid and his dog that he never sees because he's got to work 65 hours a week at a job that he hates, but that's another story. But uh, the, the leasing company is right there, and they treat you like an employee. You only get, uh, you know, you they give you a load. Some of them give you a route. Some of them give you a fuel stop that you have to use, or you're required to use their shop for repairs. That's not allowed in the law that is not allowed you have to be independent you have to be able to choose where the truck is serviced no questions asked they can only pay for it if you have a 
a maintenance account, you can go back to them and say, all right, pay this shop, uh, Joe's shop here, you know, 300 bucks or whatever for the work that they did. So that's all you, they can do. They can't demand you get the truck serviced any at any certain place. That's not how it works. Except when you lease it, you're not owning the truck. See the problem? The leasing company gets to decide that they're the owner of the truck, not you. That's the problem, and that's the rub of it. And that's why you're basically an employee of the leasing company that owns the truck. Do you see why I tell people to go buy a truck on their own? Okay, and lease it on to a company where you are on the title. This isn't just something I just say to just hear myself talk. Right, Gracie? Gracie's not talking. That's the truth of it in that the owner can make the decisions. And you don't own it when you don't own it, when you literally don't own it. So don't tolerate that kind of thing. Go buy a truck yourself. Because if this, if the Supreme Court does not rule for this, that's the end of it. Okay, every court so far has ruled against the trucking associations. And if the Supreme Court continues that, that's it. And right now it's California, but uh, that'll spread across the country. You just, you'll be an employee like you should be. Okay, if you don't have any better choices um, in what you're doing than me, why aren't you an employee? You just get all the benefits of being an employee without the benefits of it, like five weeks of vacation and paid holidays, which I'll have another one here in a few weeks, all that stuff. So enjoy that. One trillion dollar infrastructure bill. Do you know how many one dollar bills that is? If I stack those up, they'd go to the moon and back. People were like, wow, really? I have no idea. I don't know. They're really thin. I don't know. But people, if you say that, people believe it. I don't know. I've never seen that many of them. It's possible. It'd be a long way to go, uh, and there's not a lot of air up there. So, there's of the $1 trillion infrastructure, there's only $110 billion for actually repairing roads and infrastructure. A lot of it is like uh, improving the broadband service in the United States. Uh, why is that again exactly? If you want broadband, go pay for it yourself. How about that? There's a novel idea. Pay for it yourself. Repairing, uh, well, uh, installing electric charging stations. Why is that? Why are we installing electric charging stations? So a Model X Tesla, eighty to $100,000, and then it's going to get a government-installed charging station? Really? Why? Do they install gas stations near your house? No, they don't. You want electric charging stations? Install them yourself. The Ford dealer's got one out front. You can go over there and charge. The government has no business doing any of this stuff. As I always say, we allow it. And by the way, this passed 66 to 30. So it wasn't like, oh, it was right down party line. No, 66, 30. So there you go with that. And also in there is the 18 to 20 year old pilot program. Oh, yes. For 18 to 20 year olds to, and they call it an apprenticeship program, which I love. Uh, to be drivers. So those of you that are upset about that, that's passed. <laughs> and automatic emergency braking will be required on all new trucks. So all new trucks. And it didn't say what year it was in the little article I read. I don't know what model year they'll put that on. I know a lot of trucks have them now. I hate it. It's probably one of the worst features of semis. And I don't know why it doesn't work. Okay, I've driven cars with it. Uh, it works good in cars. Why it doesn't work in trucks is beyond me. But every road sign, and I hear this from a lot of people, it isn't just me, every road sign, every 
car that slows down in front of you. Uh, it just goes off in the wintertime. It slams on the brakes. Look, if nothing else, there should be a temperature. So if it reads that the temperature outside is, say, 40 degrees or less, it doesn't slam the brakes on so that you're not sliding all over the place in the wintertime. They could at least make an automatic emergency braking actual safety feature. Right now, it's a hazard. To, it's a hazard to navigation. How about that for my shipmates out there? I don't like it. I even hate it. And... Um, Here's something you could do in the wintertime. Now, this is something probably you really shouldn't do. So don't don't get like a water squirt bottle. And then every time you get out of the truck in the winter, spray that sensor so that ice builds up on it. Don't do that. Because if you did that and there was enough ice on it, it stops working. Isn't that amazing? It's just ice. I don't know how it gets on there. So don't do that. Also, don't take a piece of cardboard, wrap it with aluminum foil that is slightly larger than the sensor and then wrap that with black um, gorilla tape because it's the toughest tape on planet earth and then tape that to the uh, bumper in whatever color your bumper is so that it's really hard to see because if you did something like that it would stop the signal from coming out of there and it would stop it from working so don't do that i know you're going to do it i want to recommend that you not do that type of thing and then also since you're not doing it you won't have to remove it before it goes into any shop for service because certainly companies wouldn't like that uh, ice build up i don't know how ice gets on there the worlds are wet that's terrible isn't it so don't do those things okay because it would stop it from working and we don't want to do that do we <laughs> want to give you i want to give you a car sales experience i had a I sold cars for a little while at a number of dealerships, including a full-line uh, import dealer. So I had uh, many things to choose from, Mitsubishi, Hyundai. I was at a Mitsubishi Hyundai store, but they you could sell a Honda, Toyota, a, Link, yeah, a Lincoln dealer. also worked at a Dodge dealership, so uh, we sold Dodges. And I worked at a used car lot, so it was used cars only. And I found that um, it's horrible, okay? The only way to make money, which was at all of them, was to... To hose people, just completely put the screws to them, 100%. It was the only way to make money. For example, on a Lincoln Town Car that I sold, and this guy was a tough negotiator, I'll give him that. At the end of the day, as a salesman, you don't get to say what price the dealer will take, right? The dealer takes the price. So they negotiated, negotiated back and forth for a couple weeks. And finally, okay, we got a deal. Well, that was a mini and at that time, minis were $50 to the salesman. A mini deal means that's the least you'll make on a car, no matter what the sale price is. So after all that, 50 bucks, plus I had to make sure the car was spotless. Lincoln has this, you know, guarantee of, uh, you know, quality and all this stuff. And so you had to do this whole rigmarole of um, presenting the car and de demonstrating and everything because those surveys that you get when you buy those of you that buy new cars you get those surveys they are super important the salesman gets paid on that he can get fired on it the dealership is super big graded on that they really do take those very very seriously the new car uh surveys that you get in uh now they're emailed or whatever when after you buy a new car they are very serious about that and so you wanted to do that. Plus, you could get entered into drawings. Each like Mitsubishi had drawings, so if you got a five star, you'd get one scratch ticket and stuff. There were all these kind of weird things in the background, but you wanted to present that because you could easily lose your job for a couple of bad uh, sales. I'll tell you that. And so uh, that that was the story at those places. But one, um, there were a couple of things. Okay, so one lady, I remember this lady. This is 
sticks out of my mind because I feel I still feel bad for you know all these years later. She came in with what I think is her daughter, um, and they were looking at a neon. This is at the Dodge dealer, and they wanted a price. So I I'll tell people never tell them the amount of money you want to pay a month for a car but anyhow they did they're like uh 325 or whatever it seemed like it was like 320 we can't go above 325 and they're looking around or whatever we get on a neon and uh you know this was like a neon highline a midline car with the automatic and so then they choose it and drive it around and we go to the finance office and it was going to be like i don't know 248 or something like that a month and when they come out of the finance office they're like, oh, we're so happy. We're only going to have to pay like three eleven. We made it in under our amount. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Here's your car, whatever. And they leave. And they go to the F&I guy. That's the finance and insurance guy. I'm like, what's the dealio back here? Oh, he goes, isn't that awesome? <laughs> he's like, he's got his hand up to high five me. I'm like, what? Oh, he goes, I just added that in there. He goes, we got them right up to their payment. And they still think they got a great deal. And that's how it is at car sales. Okay. They added a couple of thousand bucks in at the back end. And that is 100% profit for the dealer. And the thing is, as a salesman, at that time, you got 25% at that dealership of profit. So, you know, for every thousand he added, I got another $250. I ended up making seven or $800 on that one car sale. And that wasn't a long car sale because of all the stuff that he added in there. But you know what? That's not right. That just isn't right. He just did that because he could, and they weren't very savvy about what they're doing. And I know people go in the car place, and they go, oh, well, I know what I'm doing. You don't have any idea what you're doing. A good car salesman, to make any money, has to sell probably at least 12 cars a month. Some of them do way more than that, but you need at least, that's 144 cars a year. What do you buy a car every few years at the most? Uh, you know, three years, five years, you're buying one car. Okay, these people, by then, they've sold hundreds and hundreds of cars. And the F&I guy does all the cars for the for the dealership. So if they have 10 salesmen, he's doing 120 cars a month. They are professionals at this. There are tapes, which there were VHS tapes then, showing us exactly what to say, how to say it, when to say this, when to do that, how to do this, how to sell this, how to that. Believe me, you have no idea what you're walking into in there unless you really know how the back end of a sales place works. There were tons of places like that at Saturn. Okay, we had a Saturn dealership. I remember selling a Saturn to somebody. And uh, the, they're like, you know, because you go talk to the manager and they're like, oh, Mark, uh, push the uh, rust proofing. We've got a thing on that this month. You get extra 25%. I'm like, the Saturns, for people that don't know, they're polymer plastic body panels. They could pop off and they didn't dent and it was color all the way through. Plastic doesn't rust. I don't know if you know that. Okay, so and I've never been a big proponent of rust proofing. Anyways, go wash your car every once in a while. Um, so I'm not selling rust proofing, and the F and I guy sold the rust proofing. He goes, yeah, you don't want to sell to him? I'll sell to him. I'll make the money. You know, that's the thing. I'm like, you're not making money, right? You're hosing people. This is a product they don't need. The paint protection. Oh my gosh, we sold a guy paint protection on a Prelude. Okay, so he had a, one of these four-wheel steering preludes. Remember those uh, back in the day? So this guy in this prelude had this, and he bought the paint protection. I don't know why. It was like $900. And they're like, acid rain is going to eat your car, and it'll turn into dust in three weeks if you don't do this. 
So he'd do that, but he took the car. For some reason, they couldn't do it right then. It was like late in the day, and they had him come back in like a week, but he'd taken a trip. <laughs> remember this. Okay, so there were like got bugs on the car, but he said, oh, I'm just going to give it to you, whatever. I'm sure it'll be all whatever. And I'm like, yeah. Well, when they go back, you know what paint protection is? At the most, at the most, is they wash it through the car wash thing and then wax it at the outside with a spray wax. This guy got his paint-protected car back, and I didn't look at it. I should have, but I didn't because he came to me, even though I already sold the car to him. There were still bugs on the front of the car. <laughs> he was super mad, and I agree with him. He's like, why are there bugs on the car? Oh, well, well, I go, uh, that's a good question, isn't it? And he did one with like, with like his thumb, and it came off. I'm, he's like, what is the paint protection of these are not at least under whatever coating there was? I go, uh, yeah, that's a very good question. So that <laughs> he got super mad. I think they ended up giving his money back or whatever. He was really, really mad. And I assume he gave Honda a bad review on it and the dealership. Oh, my gosh. They didn't do anything to the car. It did look cleaner. He might have run it through the automatic wash. That's it. Those things are 100% scams. Don't buy any of that kind of stuff. That paint fabric protection. They sprayed the fabric protection with just the fabric spray. And that's like $500. And they're like, well, we redo it every year. Well, I can buy an $8 can of that stuff and do the same thing. That's what went on at car dealerships. I mean, that's just some of the many things. And I didn't sell cars for long. It was a huge disaster. It's a big, it's a huge scam. I mean, it's a huge scam. They're only there to hose money out of you. I didn't find any dealer that was any different from any other dealer. They all did the same thing. And another podcast i'll go into how the financing part and how they scam me on all the interest rate and all that stuff but uh it was just a total mess total mess so be very careful when you buy a car i don't tell them anything when you go in there well, how much are you gonna pay i don't know dollar <laughs> they're like ah. i'm like yeah ha, ha, let's go do some numbers so uh <laughs> that's how it works i want to give you one reason why we're not on mars and uh, then we're gonna get the heck out of here because we got it up in the big hole and we're up to speed so but not on i-70 so my wife's watching the show. She said, you should do this for Mars. I go, okay. So <laughs> apparently, uh, one of the ladies on the show said, uh, uh, you know, and this is uh, an actual dramatic reenactment of this. Uh, they test men for DNA, but why don't they test women DNA to see if it's their kid? And um, look, I don't know if people know how uh, babies come about. But do people think that you're just like laying in bed and then somebody from outside the room uses some type of blow dart and, you know, to, uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, look, <laughs> I don't want to get too much in the podcast here uh, or I have to, you know, rate it. But um, usually women are there at the birth, from what I understand. Generally, when there is a birth, the mother is usually present at that birth in some capacity and so they generally have an idea that they've had a baby now if you think that's not your kid i guess at some point i agree that maybe you test it there's like swapped although that's quite rare now but it could happen um i don't think in general though women um need a dna test uh to see if they're the mother oh that's like who would do that show? Since Maury does the one, I guess Connie Chung could do the other one. For people that don't know, that's his wife. So uh, of many years, by the way, many years, 30-something years, um, she could do the other show. You are not the mother. This is another reason we're not on Mars. And we will 
likely not get to Mars anytime soon if these people are allowed to exist in society. Okay, people that think this should probably, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I know they shouldn't go to Mars. I hope they're not there uh, with me if I ever get there. Me and Elon will be the only uh, reasonable people there, I assume, and a car dealership um, to probably take your money. So uh, that's what's going on uh, today in Trucking Answers Life and in Gracie's life. Uh, she has, of course, fallen asleep uh, behind me here. So keep up, uh, keep up the good work out there. Be safe. Look, be safe. We're going to do another podcast on Friday. Trucking Answers is rolling along on YouTube. Have you been over there? I hope you get on over there and check out all the videos. And if you're a trucking company that would like to keep good drivers, hey, write to me. You know, I can uh, I can help. I have a consulting um, a consulting thing that I do over here. So give me a jingle jangle and we'll get working with your company and help you out. All right. Thanks for being here and we'll see you soon on another Trucking Answers.